there's the need for the daily incremental movement beyond just the inspirational moment. And that's what discipleship looks like. I think a real spotlight has come onto that in this moment because suddenly we've taken away the big Sunday corporate, amazing, big light sound, gathered people. And we're saying, no, what does it mean to live this out? What does it mean to process what you're going through and rely on the Lord and trust in Him and draw on community even when you don't have the comfort of community as you've known it? I think across the board, people are aware that church is more than just an attractional moment on a Sunday. Today we continue our conversation with George Gourlay, the pastor of Harvest Church in Mshlunga. We look at discipleship in this moment of disruption. One of the, the joys, I suppose, of a disruption is that we don't know what to do and the only way to, to get through this is being present to his presence, hearing his voice, hearing what we are to do next. All our clever plans and all the things we had got used to now no longer work anymore. A word that I got or something I was meditating on it right at the beginning of lockdown was the Great Commission is still the same, regardless of whether we're in a building or not. And I was like, okay, but what does, what does that look like? And then that drew me into his presence to try hear from God, okay, you want us to still fulfill the commission, but what does that look like? Maybe this question is a bit of where the rubber hits the road. For you, do you have any examples after being in his presence, hearing his voice, what that potentially looks like? You've given my, me a lot of scope to run with there, so I'm going to ask you something to navi- navi- narrow it down a bit and navigate the question. Um, are you meaning in terms of practicality of what we're doing, uh, in terms of how we're running church life, or more in terms of... Yeah, we're getting more like pra- practical examples, yeah. Cool. So I loved um, hearing someone recently saying, just in terms of the digital disruption, and that's what uh, a term that's used all over, but well, how does that affect the church? And um, there's a number of ways that we can see it happening. But this phrase that he said really gripped me. He said, we've got to stop thinking digital and start being digital. And that, that's something that I feel we're really having to get to grasp with at Harvest. And thinking digital means, okay, we've got this project. I'm just going to hire someone to do that, design an app, and then I'm where I need to be. And the problem with that is you keep chasing the curve in a sense it's ahead of you there's a difference when you start to be digital and it starts to actually be a a, a mindset or an attitude that you or disposition that you have as a team that you look through that lens and then you start to ask questions how do we do small group from a digital perspective and maybe it's by saying we're going to launch uh, in-person groups but also we're going to launch zoom groups and maybe it's uh, alpha courses not just going to be in the building and and so we're trying to shift from that mindset of just thinking digital which everyone is having to do to actually what does it mean to be digitally engaged and exactly what you said you know as mandate has stayed the same the mission stays the same but the methods change and we I remember Mark Driscoll once saying that there are things that he would die for and there's things that he wouldn't suffer a paper cut for. We'll die for the mission. We'll die for the mandate. But the methods, now I won't even take a paper cut for that because we'll shift the uh, methods to serve the mission and the mandate. So we're trying to make sure that we're not dying for things that should be flexible. As Lynn Swart always says, Blessed are the flexible, and we want to make sure that we're moving with the flexibility and adaptability to how the Spirit's moving in this moment. So those are some of the things we're definitely looking at. So we spent another thing, I think it was Kerry Newhoff said, which really spoke to me is don't spend the majority of your resource in the areas that are, are not productive or vital. 
And a lot of us do that. And he is saying shift the resource to that which is having the, the maximum impact, effect, and reach. And so we're in the process of looking through that and saying how do we resource that which we can see God's moving in or on or through? And how do we get behind that and put weight behind that? And people resource, financial resource, airtime, and uh, in, in all the different categories. So as I say, we're navigating this. We're not there yet, but these are all things that are on our thoughts and where we're wanting to keep our finger on the pulse. I think that's super helpful. And I, I really love the being digital because yeah. I think Joe and I have spent countless hours talking about this, listening to a lot of Carrie and the people he's interviewing and all of that. I think, I don't know how, what it's like in Durban for you guys, George, but, but I think, you know, respectfully, South Africa is slightly behind the curve in terms of some of the digital and online stuff and how we engage with it. Yet, on a social media level, we're not behind the curve. People are engaging with Instagram and Snapchat and all the other stuff, Pinterest, all that stuff, on a very high level. So it's, it's almost like the, the, the alternatives, the you know, online shopping and all that is, is slightly behind the curve if you compare it to Europe or, or, or the States, even Asia. But I think to hear you saying that you're at least going to do something about it is encouraging to me because I think church leaders who think about the future have to now include this, don't, don't we? We have to think that our post-pandemic you know, let's say it stops tomorrow, I'm not 100% convinced that every single person who's far away from God and trying to find their way back to him is necessarily going to come to our building. And I think, so therefore for me, the, 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 the way to engage them is going to have to be through a very clever digital thing that you can put in their hands, which is as good as the thing that they're watching. And oftentimes the thing that people are watching that, that they find fascinating and really good isn't overproduced. It isn't done in a studio. <laughs> it's, you know, it's something funny or something, you know, like it's always like a home video type thing that's super engaging. And I'm just wondering if there's something evangelistically for our church where we can put something in someone's hands to help them draw people in. Because that's the, that's the challenge for me personally, post this, trying to think what are disciples going to do to make more disciples and do it well. I want to ask you this question, George. Can I, can I comment on what you said before, before we go Please forward? Please do. Please. So I love hearing that it's more about engagement than about attendance at the moment, which is, which is what you're saying. So how do, we, how do we engage the community that's beyond the four walls? And how do we start to shift our mindset to realize that beyond just trying to get them to attend? And really this thought that it's more about equipping, while equipping Christians is going to have greater impact than just trying to gather them in this next season. So how do we get that equipping to them where they are, which is what you're saying, and I, I really appreciate that. Yeah, I think, we, I think um, it's, it's a beautiful moment to see what can unfold if we start to look at it. And I know we're going to chat a little bit on, on digital approach and in a few moments. So I'll hold my thoughts there and jump <laughs> to your question. You can carry on. Actually, this is why I love this kind of setting, because from what you just said, equipping people, I'd rather ask this question than what I was planning on asking and bank that one. What do you think discipleship looks like in this moment? Because, again, something we've often spoken about is this disruption f just from us to over here, we feel like it's, it's revealed some stuff about discipleship. 
You know, it's, it's revealed what was good and what wasn't good. It, it's revealed in the, in the setting that we had and the way people did stuff. Um, and what we're hearing from other leaders like Mark Batterson and, you know, Craig Rochelle and all these guys, when you're listening to them and girls, some amazing ladies out there, everyone's saying the Sunday isn't, hasn't quite delivered the discipleship level that we're after or that we see in Scripture. Can you speak a little bit into that? Have you got any thoughts around discipleship and what you think it, you know, it, it may be shaped with in the future? And if it's digital or whatever, go for it. Just whatever's, whatever you're thinking. No, that's, that's great. Yeah, you know, there's these two phrases. That, and, and I love the whole, the whole thing we've been talking about, the church sending beyond the walls. And we know that the church is the ecclesia. It's the called out ones that gather together and then go forth. And so it's both and. And Acts 2020, funny, you haven't heard too many prophetic voices around what's happening this year, I've found. But what I love is when you go to Acts 2020, and we know that we are the continuation of that, the outworking of the Acts moment through the Holy Spirit and by his people. Acts 20.20 says they met publicly and house to house. And I think there's a beauty in that synergy of the, the public getting together, but also house to house. And this has really brought the balance in this moment, because I think that we need to be, and some people say we need to be attractional. Others say, no, we need to be missional. I think we call it to be attractional and missional. It's the gathering and the scattering. And even in saying that, how that art works in simpler language is that we can have inspirational moments but we also need incremental movement and inspirational moments happen when we gather it's like a celebration it's the worship service it's uh, amazing word it's that corporate environment i mean that's inspiring conferences and that can jump you forward in your spiritual journey but there's the need for the daily incremental movement beyond just the inspirational moment and that's what discipleship looks like and i think I think that a real spotlight has come onto that in this moment because suddenly we've taken away the big Sunday corporate, amazing, big light sound, gathered people, and we're saying, no, what does it mean to live this out? What does it mean to, to process what you're going through and, and rely on the Lord and trust in Him and draw on community even when you don't have the comfort of community as you've known it? What does it look like? And there's a, a, a much more robust approach that I think is unfolding as we look at and we, we see the, the need for discipleship. I think we're very aware of it. Uh, I wouldn't say that we've, we've cracked it in a sense that we've, we've really stepped into it fully. But I think that I think across the board, people are aware that church is more than just an attractional moment on a Sunday. There's got to be more to that being the church. And, and discipling is key. And, and listen, I want to go back a step because I've said it's about equipping more than gathering. But my challenge is this. There's so many that are, have gathered and have been equipped. So it's also I want to add in a further component. It's about being mobilized to actually move in that which you know and what you carry. And, and I think that that's what I'm loving hearing is where there has been discipleship, but people have just been expecting a ministry to take place in the four walls of the church. Now you're hearing the testimonies of people speaking across the fence to the neighbor, um, in the workplace, on a Zoom call, on, and suddenly you're hearing these equipped people mobilized, catalyzed, activated, accelerated in what's happening, and you're hearing the testimonies coming. So it's beautiful to see those, were, those who were equipped in action, but now we need to make sure that we're continuing to do that. Because the problem after 9-11, if you take it back to the 9-11 moment, everyone pitched up at church. They came inside the building. And there was a huge influx, if you look at the statistics. 
but then they just they just fell away because people didn't they didn't take hold of the moment they were in and so that's the challenge for us and what you're saying with discipleship and for reach it's to actually take hold of this moment i don't believe that god orchestrated it but i believe he's moving mightily in and through it and i believe there's great opportunity for the church through this so I've, sorry, I've just rambled on. You got me excited with the question. I wasn't prepared for it, so my thoughts are running. So, so on the back of that, I read a stat yesterday that the churches that have grown most, and not just most, but most effectively, so as in sustainability into the future, not just a moment of growth, 78% of those churches have said that the majority of their growth is a direct result of very strong and very solid small groups they haven't given they haven't given it to what you know we would want them to give it to as preachers my great talk on sunday or so and so's great session of worship or, you know and I, and I and i love that i'm i'm 100% not against it in any way you know i haven't I haven't shifted away from it i think the gathering what god does corporately is beautiful but in some of these settings where you're hearing you know about the uk now going back into Groups not larger than six. And, and some of them are like, we've already got two kids. So there's four of us. We, we can only invite the couple next door. And you think, well, if you spend quality time with a couple next door for the next three months until you come out of that moment, what could, what could God do? Isn't that one of the most exciting things that could happen? Because then you're in your safety zone or your bubble and you're buying groceries. You know, if the other person can't get to the shop, you're hanging out, you're having meals together. It just feels like, the stuff that you've been quoting, acts coming to life in us, you know. I, I feel so stirred up by all of that. Thank you, everyone, for listening to our episode. Please join us throughout the week as we continue this conversation. In future seasons of Victory Podcast, we are going to tackle the questions of our listeners. If you have a question burning on your heart or want clarity around an issue, is Jesus real? Is he God? Why should I even care? Or on the nitty gritty of leading a church, connect group or youth group, please email your questions to info at victorychurch.capetown. That's I-N-F-O at victorychurch.capetown with the subject line Victory Podcast Questions. We would love to hear from you. It is the heart of this podcast to build up the listener, disciple them and even for the first time, introduce the listener to the loving heart of Jesus. If you feel we have done any of this, please rate and review our podcast on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts. Like, share and subscribe this podcast and tell all your friends. Love you. Bye. Bye.